Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hiya. <laughs> Hi. It's like a radio show, this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, listen to the production values. <laughs> I can slide the music up and down. It is a bit posh, isn't it? It's well, it is now. You're talking. Yeah. <laughs> hey there. Oh yeah. All right. All right. How you doing? Oh look, there's the keyboardy bit. Anyway, right, that's enough of that. Hello, it's the Driven Chat Podcast. You're not here for the music <laughs> or the whimsical stuff. Whimsical You're charm. over the cars. You're over the cars, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, hello. Driven Chat Podcast here, the uh, automotive companion to the show Driven on Talk Radio, which is uh, a celebrity chat show that also once a week takes a celebrity into a random little warehouse bunker thing that we're not going to tell you where it is, puts them in a supercar that converts into a chat show studio. Yay! Um, this week it was Jamie Lang, who you'll hear from a little bit later on. Made in Chelsea veteran and very nice man. Just don't ask him about his hairline. Really good guy, though. <laughs> I'm a big, big fan. You'll hear why a little bit later. However, this is the show where we have a photographer, a journalist, and a man with car in his name. Our photographer is Miss Amy Shaw. Hello. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thank good. you very much. Our journalist is Captain John Quirk. Hello, Andy <laughs> J. How are you doing? You've been promoted. <laughs> Thank you. And the man with car in his name from henceforth... Will be known as Lord Markar. Oh, I like that. I'm happy with that. Very happy with that. Episode four. This is great, isn't it? Four. 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 <laughs> what I like about this is that, strangely, 
you know, we've had a few people checking us out. We have. We've had some lovely reviews, so thank you. And we do read them all, so please keep reviewing. As long as you're saying nice things, we do like to see them. So, yes, it's great. It's really exciting. Episode four, and we're, we're going up through the ranks. And, yes, it's really exciting. Yeah. It's been a busy week, actually. I have noticed in the studio there's some rather attractive beer mats going on. <laughs> <laughs> have I missed something? Was I late today? Yeah, no, that was thanks to, um, that was thanks to the Ineos Grenadier launch, oh. which was a couple of weeks ago, admittedly, and we've just been a bit busy and haven't been able to talk about it. Not, not that they haven't told us to talk about it, but just we were in the truck last week and <laughs> we've had quite a lot going on. We did put up a, a, a first look image, which we were given um, a preview yeah. of, which was lovely, and we whacked our logo on it because, you know, they said we could. Um, and I was invited to the, uh, the media launch, and as part of that, they sent me some beer mats and a few other kind of... Um, branded bits and pieces which you kind of get sometimes on these things <laughs> none of that tells you anything about the car no mine's um, got quite well the, i say mine I've, I've claimed this i've claimed one of these beer mats uh, i've got a beer mat that says designed and built on purpose yeah. so <laughs> does that need explaining a little bit more i think well i think I, it made sense to me but then immediately i had to then explain it so I think it's more confusing than it needs to be. I don't know if that shows your intelligence or the fact that we might be less intelligent than than we think because you had to explain it like word for word what you thought that it's meant. It's definitely not because of any superior intelligence from me, <laughs> let me assure you. I think it's because I had my head in the press release for quite a long time and they talk about how it's designed for purpose and the purpose being a rugged off-roader. So designed and built, should be a comma there, on purpose, because so, the purpose being what it's used for. Rather than rather than being designed by mistake. Yeah, ooh, like, oh, ooh, ooh, yeah. what did we just do? <laughs> it works. Ah, oh, there's a, well, there's a grenadier. <laughs> but it was it was also designed in a pub. Right? Yeah. So that's why it's Got called the grenadier. Pub. The grenadier. Yeah, yeah, but it was, yeah, I don't know if it was specifically designed in the pub. It was dreamt up in the grenadier pub. Right, okay. So, so Jim Radcliffe, oh, is, he, didn't know is that. he the UK's wealthiest man? He's certainly up there, he's, isn't he's he? He's often yeah, he's referred to as Britain's yeah. richest. Man, yeah. You know. Maybe uh, that still lives here. Because Dyson's, I think Dyson might be a bit wealthier. But we're talking billions, aren't we? I mean, they're, yeah. they're okay. They they're doing both, all right. They can both right. buy a round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and not notice it. But, I mean, actually, I, you know, I'm not going to kind of go on a big Jim Ratcliffe kind of hail, hail the guy thing. But I quite like some of the ways he has invested. You know, I, I like, for example, he owns Nice Football Club and they, they play some quite cool football. Mm. You know, that, that's a yeah, cool that's little... True. That, like, if I had loads of money... He's doing the kind of things I'd quite want to do. <laughs> you know, I'd quite want to buy a football club because I'm a football fool. I'd, I'd quite want to design a cool car, you know, because yeah. that's kind of cool. I'd quite want to, you know, have Sir Ben Ainsley captain a team and, you know, have a massive racing series. You know, these are the things, some of the things, I'm sure he has other much more kind of lucrative ventures. But in fact, he also, doesn't he own Bellstaff as well? He owns oh, Bellstaff. Cool. He took over Team Sky. The yeah, the cycling the cycling team. Team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he drinks in a cool pub. I mean, just to think about it, right? It would have been terrible had they been drinking in like the cock in St. Albans. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna call it the Ineos, the Ineos cock. cock. We have redesigned porn. <laughs> <laughs> would have been awful. But it I, I mean, this thing looks very similar to a, a Land Rover Defender to the extent that Land Rover tried to take Ineos to court because they tried to trademark the shape of the Defender. Oh, wow. And Land Rover lost. Was this a while ago? Yeah, it's a while ago. Right, yeah. because the interesting thing... So it's it's funny you've said you've gone down the Defender route because I noticed on a lot of the social feeds and when the conversation started going out about the car, 
there were a good portion of people that were saying Defender, but then there were also also a lot of people that were saying, no, it doesn't look like a Defender, it looks like an old G-Wagon, mm. like the old sort of 1980s shape. And then when you read the press release and the idea behind it, they have actually taken inspiration from both. And they even use the words Defender and G-Wagon in their hyping up of the car and the, and the thoughts behind it. So and it's been developed by the, the same team that did the G-Wagon. There you go. Yeah, so it's kind of like a Defender meets... Uh, a G-Wagon. In a pub. In a pub. <laughs> and then they whack, they whack a sort of utility belt on it around the, around the outside. Like the this... Lara Croft of, <laughs> yes. of the G-Wagon. Old, and we should state old Defender, because of course, yes. new yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah. it doesn't look anything like Nothing new like Defender. No. no. You know, in, right, okay. I don't know if I should risk asking this question, so don't answer it if you don't want to. Okay. okay? Old Defender or new Defender? Amy. Old like hands down I, I i like the new defender but i think it's a little bit i know it just is too far two steps sideways from what i think the heritage of the old defender is and that's what i quite like about the, the grenadier is that you kind of look and you think oh that's what i wished the like personally this is the, just what i think what i wished the the new defender had more like look look more like and kind of seem to be more like so i'm a little bit disappointed with the new one but i can see why they've done it the way they have and i think it's a, a cool a really cool car, but um, yeah, just personal disappointments are old for me, I think. Fair enough. So, John Markar, new Defender or Grenadier in EOS thing? Ooh. Oh, that's cruel, because I thought you were going to say this, ask me the same question. No, no, I'm, I'm mixing it up. Wait till you hear what you I've got what? to ask John Quirk. I'm, I'm going to be probably a little more controversial than most people here, and I'm going to go new Defender, because for me, as a car that I'd want to drive daily, the new Defender is closer to what i would like the old defender i've driven a few of them and i love the charm of them i love the the ability to go off road and the fact that they are a bit rough and ready but they're not the most comfortable things to drive on a long journey whereas the new defender i know is just going to be so lovely and so capable and i know loads of people moaned when the the concept designs came out and they said, oh, you know, you're not going to throw a sheep in the back of that. You're not going to use that on your farm's field. No farmer has been buying defenders to move their sheep <laughs> around for years. That's yeah. that's the job of Hiluxes. Hilux. Yeah. Exactly. So what they have designed, I understand why people don't like it, but I think it's a fabulous product. I really do. And it is going to be fantastic off-road and you are going to be able to drive to Italy in it and it's going to do all the lovely things. And that, for me, is why I, I don't have any desire to have a car that is purposely built to go off-road. But if I had a car that could, then I'm very happy. So for me, new Defender, please. Okay, mm -hmm. fair enough. I'm, I must say, I like both. I like, mm. I like the yeah. look of the Grenadier. I think it looks cool, you know. And I like the new Defender. I was very lucky to have a preview of the new Defender many, many moons ago um, in Portugal. And, I, and when it came out then... I was like, oh, wow, yeah. actually, yeah, they've, I think got, they've got something here. I, I, yeah, I agree. I think it'd be really interesting when we each get to actually drive it and see what it is capable of. Because at the minute, I think I'm just like, oh, but I, all my trust is in the old Defender, even though I know that it can, it will be able to be just as, br just as brilliant and, and more brilliant than, yeah. than everything that's been produced so far. So I think getting behind the, the, the wheel will be the, the real t test and excitement, I think. Absolutely. Have any of us actually driven a new Defender yet? No. No. Yeah. no. But I'll tell you what, look, I, so I put Amy on the spot. I put John Marker on. <laughs> On the spot so it's john quirky's time quirky burps or farts <laughs> <laughs> you look a little sheepish uh, <laughs> come on we're waiting uh, let's, uh -huh. let's <laughs> i think i think farts are funnier <laughs> <laughs> oh damn <laughs> i was holding in a burp just for that moment 
now I'm going to hold it in for the rest of this part. Oh, come on. Uh, right, now listen, what are we going to talk about in this podcast? Ten minutes in. Let's actually, <laughs> let's actually think about the pod. We have had a little bit of car chat. Though. A couple of people have, um, have, have fed some very nice things back about the pod over the last few weeks. Thank you. Uh, a couple of people have also said, so... Uh, the, the car stuff, when when does that actually happen? <laughs> yeah. Completely valid, so I feel like we've ticked something about that. We talked about Grenadier and a Defender, then both there cars. Yay, yeah. roller coasters, who likes them? Um, so, um, John Markar, what are we actually going to cover today, as well as hearing from our celebrity guest, Jamie Lang? Well, I thought I'd we'd, we'd start with a little bit of what have we been up to this week. We, we know that you, Andy, have been collecting beer mats and branded, is it a pencil? Is it a Grenadier yep. pencil? It's can't a have that, good looking you can pencil. You have the beer mat, you can't have the pencil. Okay. Um, Amy, what have you been up to? Anything fun? Uh, this morning, I actually had a, a quite a cool shoot. I was shooting a Ferrari uh, owner with his dog, which was a lovely-looking bulldog. Oh. And the idea is that I had to try and get a portrait of them both together. And then, but this dog didn't like respond to any anything other than ham. Ham was the only thing you'd make him do anything. And um, so he's just like John Marker. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I do like a slice of ham. So what? I've got many questions. What was the premise of this shoot? Who? What, like, so, this is, was this a celebrity person or no? It's 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 not. I won't say who it was. It's not a celebrity person, but um, I, they had some very interesting stories about where they are and are not now allowed to drive um, in Europe because of the, the oh. slight. Um, they like the speed a little bit. But I was talking to them mainly about their their love for Ferrari, like their real real love for it and for the brand. And I was like, well, you know, have you ever tried McLaren or Lamborghini or anything? And he's like, yeah. And I just keep going back to Ferrari, and it got me thinking literally about brands and you know the the brands that people grow up loving. And what keeps them with those brands? And, you know, if there's ever any competition, like, I don't know, Mark, have you got any brands that you're like, I will love this brand till the end of my days because of these reasons? Or are yes. you... Go on then. BMW M. Really? Yeah. Okay, tell me why. Just because it's out-of-the-box brilliance, I think is the easiest way to describe it. And we're talking true M cars here, not the M pack, extra money performance pack that you can buy from BMW. The, the products that come out of BMW's M department, for me are just so brilliant because I want to be able to go to a showroom, buy a car, drive it home in comfort, and then if I want to, take it to a racetrack and drive the absolute arse off of it. And with a BMW M car, that tends to be almost 100% of the time perfect. I'm, I'm a bit more of a passion for the older stuff. We're talking late mm. 90s, early noughties. That era for me for BMW M cars was just fantastic. But I, they'd, BMW M would have to do something very, very very odd for me to go oh no i don't like those mm -hmm. so it is interesting and it, w with the ferrari ferrari passion is huge because yeah, i think massive. i'm sure i heard a statistic once that ferrari as a brand make more money from selling apparel talking hats shoes jackets with a ferrari badge on than they do in in selling cars that's nuts, wow. isn't it? and there's a you know that's a please tell me he was wearing a ferrari hat jacket and shoes <laughs> no, well uh, he wasn't but he did <sighs> have his ferrari mug with a there tea. you go yeah was there a Ferrari teddy bear? I didn't see seat. one, but he did have like his garage doors were all Ferrari, and he did wash the mug to reuse it throughout the day that we had cups of tea. So um, yeah, it was. He definitely wanted to be seen. I like that. I like that. He's cool. He's your friend. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it's, it's too late for me to make a joke that Amy was shooting for spam weekly, isn't it? <laughs> Those of you wondering where you can see the shoot, it's the, the dog like ham. And... I wanted to make that straight away. You went, you went into Sorry, such an intelligent you, point. Did you just like, hold on to that? Like, I'm, like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going just to say it anyway. There will be a moment, I promise. <laughs> but Dad, I can say these rubbish jokes and still think that I'm quite funny. Oh, oh. Yeah, well, what have you been doing this week? 
making jokes about spam weekly. <laughs> Just writing the word spam continuously. John, I bet you've bought another car this week, have you? <laughs> well, well, it's interesting you say that. I haven't. However, I did go to pick up a car yesterday. Not for me, for a very good friend of mine, oh, Dan. Oh, tell. Yeah. Um, so you know how I like a bargain. You know how I like picking up uh, old cars that once cost an awful lot of money for now. Not a very much money. Not a very much money. Great <laughs> sentence there. Um, I yesterday went and picked up a Jag, a 1997 Jaguar XJ6 Sport. Ooh, very lovely. We put the word sport on the back there. Um, I've had a quick drive of it. We picked it up from my mate Dan. Guess how much we paid for a 1997 XJ6 Sport in blue? Wait, wait. What's the jeopardy here? Because we're each going to have a guess. What did we win? <laughs> oh, um, your beer I, mat. My what? Sorry, your beer mat. Yes, you can win my designed. <laughs> Hang and on. Built no, wait. So I can win my beer mat back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my oh, free wrong. beer mat, <laughs> and I will give you my shoes. So, uh, well, either way, you lose your shoes, John. Like, like if someone guesses close to what you paid, well, I'm going to hope that nobody does, and I hope that I haven't actually accidentally told anyone before we started recording. Right? No, I'm no, gonna... no. Because if you've got three people guessing, then whoever's closest wins. You see what I mean? So you're um... going to lose your shoes. You can't bet your shoes. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I haven't thought this through at all. <laughs> I, I don't what know. Have you, what have you got in your wallet? Um, That'll do. Okay, <laughs> yes. so for whatever's in John's wallet, <laughs> okay. uh, Quirky, you're going first. It's It's got to be a low ball. I've got to go low ball. I'm going to go, don't be offended, £3,000. Amy? I think the sport will add a little extra. So I'm going to go for £4,726. Interesting. Andy. Well, I'm going to sit on the fence somehow and say £3,450. £750. What? <laughs> That's insane. Quirky wins the wallet. Wow. £750. And the really cool thing about this car is it was a car from, originally, Tom Walkinshaw Racing's car showroom. So Tom wow. Walkinshaw, who you may know from historic touring car, built and raced some of the most fantastic Jaguars in the world. He also had a car showroom. And, yeah, we went to pick up this car Bought it off a trader way up in Doncaster, which is a long way away from home for me. And, um, yeah, as we were walking around the car, I looked at the number plate. And, you know, the old-fashioned, on the on the very bottom of the number plate, you had the original sales office address. So, like, BMW sometimes says BMW Park Lane or something. And, yeah, this is TWR Coventry. And I looked at it and went, oh, my God. That's this is one of the TWR cool. What a £750 on a car that knew probably would have been... Forty, fifty thousand pounds, maybe slightly more, probably yeah. a lot more. Is it, is it too late to make a joke about how he's been shooting for spam weekly? Is that like, <laughs> have I missed that moment? <laughs> Boat has long gone. I'm afraid <laughs> it might so, be gone. Listen, we've we've got to get to Jamie Lang, but before we do, I sense a, a victim victim Eldrew moment coming. I, now I'm not sure John or Amy will know who that is, but of course, quirky. Sorry. Explain who Victor Meldrew is, because I know you don't watch any telly, but just in case, <laughs> <laughs> he's a very grumpy old man. He is. Could be John's dad. He, I don't know. <laughs> he uses a phrase along the lines of "I don't believe it." I don't believe it. I remember it's, it. It was good. There. It it's was good. There. So what's what's going to uh, create this yeah. wrath of Marka? Well, on the drive to Doncaster to pick up the Jag, um, I I found You're myself like a pantomime, John. <laughs> you can't say you can't say Jag without going Jag. It needs at least. <laughs> six a's in it so on the drive up to doncaster from uh from 
the West Midlands where I live, I found myself with my good friend Dan becoming increasingly frustrated by other road users. And this often happens when driving on the motorway. And I just started, not on purpose, but I started compiling a list on my phone of all the things that really wind me up about That's what any rational person would do, right? (laughs) (laughs) But we all do this. Come on, I can't be the only one. The thing is, the way way Marco has built up to this, in my head, I've got the Mission Impossible music. (laughs) No, that's too dramatic. (laughs) Who's he not going to like? He's going to hate a load of people. I'm telling you, I've got high hopes for people. I don't like roads. I don't like lights. Pavements and clouds. That kind of thing. I tell you, I'm passionate about this. I think we could turn this into a book, or at the very least, (laughs) a list for the website. The the Markham monologue. People need to add to this list. This is a brilliant, brilliant list so far. So what I've done is I've provided you all with my list, and some of it might make sense, some of you might not. Feel free to fire anything you're you're looking at on the list here. If someone wants to take lead and, and read through what they are, and I'm sure, I can guarantee it, there will be people at home who will either be cheering with joy that I too have pointed out the same things they hate or even better if you want to get in touch with there's anything I've missed then that'll be a bonus and we can recap on this you know once a month or so so here we go this is the new feature which we would love to get your involvement in at driven chat on twitter instagram facebook youtube drivenchat.com is the website this is john markar's crimes <laughs> against the automotive world and the list is as follows Miss Badging Cars is number one. Now, I wouldn't have put this as number one. You've put number two as what I would have put number one. Uh, middle Lane Hoggers. I mean, I think that's yeah. collectively, worldwide, going to be the, the annoyance, the top annoyance. But it's also, it's also like you're not allowed to hog the middle lane anymore. No. Right, as well, in, as in, there's been a massive clampdown in stop doing it. The police have kind of yes, issued that it's frequently. Utterly ridiculous. There's no excuse to do it. Get out of the way. If you're in the middle lane and there's an opportunity to drive on the left, drive on the left. You're in the way. What about when you're on like the M25 and you've got four lanes? Which one is the, the right? Per- I'm glad you asked that question, <laughs> Amy. My biggest because annoyance. the M25 seems to be rife, and I think I put some logic to this. And I'm going to get back to missed badging cars in a second because there might be yeah, a few people wondering what on explained. earth I'm talking about. But middle lane hawkers on the M25, you're right, sometimes there are four, sometimes there are five lanes. But the majority of people, I believe, that drive on the M25 spend a lot of time driving in the city centre. So you may not have the same discipline of motorways. But the same rule applies if you're... <laughs> Have the opportunity to drive on the left, move over. I don't recognise this man. (laughs) We've broken him. Hang on. No, we've got an opportunity here. What you're you're witnessing here, Quirky, is Markar with the power of a list. (laughs) (laughs) But here's here's an opportunity right here, right now. Chances are there is somebody somewhere in the world, possibly on the M25 right now, that's listening to this. And they might now take the opportunity to look to the left and think oh oh no i could be i could be in the left hand lane well you know what i actually had this this moan with somebody once and then they were like oh you know what i also hate people that undertake you and i'm like but do explain uh miss badging cars this is something i had to read a couple of times to, before i kind of got my head around it yeah miss badging cars this is anybody anywhere in the world that decides they want to try and pretend their car is either better or more expensive than it is by <laughs> adding badges to it if you've bought a bmw m sport 320d congratulations there is no need to now go on amazon and get fake bmw m badges and stick them all around your car 
If anybody in the world knows anything about cars, they know that either that badge shouldn't be there, and if they don't, they won't care. Just don't do it. Leave the car, leave the badges in the cheap badge factory. If you're wondering where all this pent-up aggression has come from, <laughs> from John Markar, I'm going to give you a little, a little insight into his childhood. John was once bought a pair of Tesco's brand jeans... I'm wearing them now. And, <laughs> and he, he cut, the, cut the labels off a friend's Levi's, sewed them onto his Tesco brand <laughs> jeans, and got found out. This, but that is a perfect example of it. Perfect. People that go out and buy... How many times have you seen an, a wonky, slightly wrong font size AMG badge on the back of a Mercedes? It's not an AMG. Take it off. Nobody believes you. So this next one is, is slightly surreal. People mm. that sit too close to the steering wheel. They're yeah. usually old. Well, yeah, they are usually old. And it's a safety concern. I don't get it. I don't understand. You see, you see it again on the motorway, you're driving along, you look over and you'll see somebody almost looking like they're trying to hug the steering wheel. They've they can it, lick it. It's like they've intentionally put their seat in a position that's so uncomfortable that you, it's like they've done it on purpose. But it's dangerous. You, you, the rule is, you know, sit in the car, outstretch your arms, and your wrists should be resting on the steering wheel. That's the ideal length. Why on earth anyone decides they need to be two inches away from the steering wheel? Because if that airbag goes off... It's going to be sore. Maybe they've just nicked the car and they don't know how to move the seats, John. Have you thought that through? <laughs> oh, it's a possibility. It is, but it is, as Amy says, it's usually an, an older generation, so I'd be worried if... Oh, but maybe I've misjudged the age, the aged to you're be walking, car thieves. You're walking a fine line with this next Good one, John. Point, caravan. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. There's no fine line here. I'm sorry. If you're a caravaner, you are in the way. Nope, that's it. That's all we need to cover on what that. What about camper vans? Do they, do they count? Mm, if they can keep up on a good pace, it's just, you know, the frustration of driving along a country lane, 60 mile an hour country lane, and there's a caravan doing 35 middle of the day. I think there should be a law. In fact, when I come to power, I will put the law of all caravans need to be transported between the hours of 2 and 3 a.m. only. That would solve the problem. We should, we should replay this podcast, John, when he's got a family. Yep. And he's, oh, he's bought that caravan. If I, yeah. Right. Or, if I or, buy a caravan, I, I, I will put this in a contract to you. If I ever buy a caravan for any other reason other than making it blow up, I will give you every car I own. Yeah, but you, you will only have one car, and it's pulling the caravan. <laughs> yes. So you, you get a massive one car. <laughs> so, so I'll end up with just a caravan and yeah. nothing to tow it with. Which you've just blown up. Maybe that should be a challenge. Try and make my car buy a caravan. Well, I reckon I can do that quite easily. How would you do it? I would make him join a circus. Again, something I'm not going to do. <laughs> How do you know? I know. What if I, know. I think in your future, John, I think you're going to fall in love with the bearded lady... And the only way you guys get together is you have to join the circus. I'll consider it. Yeah, I will consider it. I think it. we just masquerade it as a killer deal that he has to sign. <laughs> Sight unseen vehicle to be purchased. It comes with caravan. Somewhere in the northeast. Original license. He has to buy it over the phone. Yeah. And then it's done. We can, we can fool him. Now, this next one I get, and I'm with you 100% of the way. Yeah. Posh cars parked badly, i.e. disabled bays. How dare you yeah you entitled shits <laughs> oh now we have to put an expletive oh we can bleep it we'll bleep it but no, yeah we won't bleep it we'll just put expletive fine on, on the <laughs> but you're right it is it absolutely drives me bonkers when somebody just because they've got something posh new and shiny they think that they can either park across four bays in a supermarket mm -hmm. car park or even worse the absolute epitome of crime 
parking a disabled bay. Yeah, no, that is as bad as it gets. There is another one which us parents will get, which is mm. Sing- mm. single people or one person in the car parking in family bays as well. Yeah. They are hard enough to get as, as it is when you've got kids in the car. They're there because it's hard to get kids out of the car yeah. in car seats with prams, right? That's the reason why we have them. They're not for you to get more bags into the back of your car. Absolutely. Right? So stay out of the disabled bays without a badge. Stay out of the family bays without a family. And pee off. <laughs> this is less imperative, but there is the, the inverse scenario. When there's nothing in the car park and oh. you decide to park in one bay, for yeah. some reason, the next car yeah. always goes right. That's next. true. So I enjoy what I like to call, and I'm sure a few other people use the same term, defensive parking. So if we have got something that's quite nice and interesting and you do go to a supermarket, you'll park in the furthest bay away the, the, the goal is like the last space so that you can get close to the curb. Well but away you're from right. the trolleys. Well away from the trolleys, well away from the doddery old deers in their Vauxhall mockers and caravans. And you're right. For whatever reason, it seems to be a magnet for somebody else in a transit van usually to park an inch off of your wing mirror. And you've tried to do the nice thing and not take up the spaces. And you think, ah. Yeah. I'm going to add one additional here, John. Oh, I like it. I'll write right? it down. I'm going to add an additional, and I witnessed this myself just this week, okay? And that is people who don't have electric cars parking in electric car parking bays. What? I is saw a, a yes. Bentley. Oh, In wow. London, I saw a Conti GT that had <laughs> I parked... wondered what you were saying. Bentley <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Continental GT. <laughs> <laughs> Surely I don't need to explain that. No, no, no. no. Oh, let's not try to either. <laughs> you know. But I saw I saw a guy in a Bentley pulling into one of the only electric car charging spots oh. that I had seen for quite a while. You know, and he just and he clearly just walked off. Whoa. And I hooted and I gave it the whole WTF thing going on and all the rest of it. Completely ignored me. Effectively, you know, used some crude hand gestures as if I had you know, somehow in the you're in the wrong. By kind of saying, do you know what? That can't be parked there. And yeah. there's someone who needs to juice up that mm. now can't park because your massive car that is probably full of gas is fine. Yeah. Get out of that space. Right, we're adding it to the list that will be in our <laughs> best-selling book. Now, because I'm quite enjoying this, mm. I'm going to propose that we take a little pause <laughs> okay. and revisit this list after we've had our lives enriched a little bit. <laughs> so we're, we're going to go from grumpy to uplifted back, back to, grumpy. to grumpy. Love it. Yeah, because I think I think that's the sort of trajectory you'd enjoy, John. You know, Because otherwise we're going to go grumpy, 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 uplifted... Oh no, we'll stay uplifted. You're not going to like that, you know. <laughs> we like the roller coaster. Can we can yeah. we give a teaser though? And just because I want to mention what the next point is, I won't say anything more about it. But I hope that it will make people continue listening. And that is my next point: is people that actually choose to buy a Vauxhall mocker. <laughs> And he will explain that shortly. By the way, we'd love to get your suggestions. You can join in the debate at Driven Chat or just go to the website, drivenchat.com. And I'd also like to kind of make this point that you're about to listen to a celebrity interview, a guy that opens up and is really lovely, and, and I hope you enjoy the interview. If you are enjoying it and you're not driving, you could use this opportunity as well to kind of actually give us a little review or, or chuck a star rating on, on the pod, because actually that's sort of how pods live and die. It's actually by the words that you throw in in the comments uh, on the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. If you are kind enough to say a couple of nice words, like, for example, hey, Mark, I was on one this week, <laughs> you know, um, that would actually surprisingly really help us. So um, have a think about that. Meanwhile, we'll be back after you've heard from today's special guest, Made in Chelsea veteran, Mr. Jamie Lang. <laughs> 
The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Welcome back to Driven with me, Andy J. Joining me now to talk about his new podcast, Six Degrees, with Jamie Lang and Spencer Matthews on BBC Sounds and Life on Made in Chelsea, it's Mr. Jamie Lang. Now, Jamie, I've got to admit, I am a big fan of Made in Chelsea. I've watched for quite a while. And I must say, you, well, you've changed, haven't you? You, you seem quite a lot calmer now. Well, I think what happened was, is that I got a little bit too old. I think at the beginning <laughs> what happened was, at the beginning, it was like, oh, what a ah, God, Jamie, you little. And then it became, oh, God, when will he learn? And then it became, hmm, that's not, that's probably not right. And then it became, he's a bit of a douchebag. <laughs> and now it's, that's just weird. <laughs> you must be aware when you're filming these things that you have the ability and the person you're talking with or talking behind the back of to watch it back later mm. on on telly. Yeah. So like, are you never kind of like, oh yeah, I can't say these naughty things about this person, but actually no, I've said it because now they're going to see it. And does that ever come into your mind? Do you forget it, the cameras are there? Yeah, it's one of these funny scenarios where you always ask the same question, is it real, is it real? It, it's 100% real. And what it is, is that you're thrown into an environment where you can't talk about the weather because talking about the weather is pretty boring. No one wants to hear about that. So they will talk about your feelings. You're like, okay, I'll talk about my feelings. And so that kind of happens. And then what, ha what also occurs is that, yeah, you say things about one another and you use the show as a safety net. And then we'll be sitting there re-watching the show together and you'll turn around and look at me and be like, you said that? And I'll be like, Come on, it was on the show, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Knowing, but actually, I did mean it, but I'm just now pretending because of the show, it doesn't matter. So it kind of works like that. Do you know what, it's an amazing experience. I wouldn't change it for the world. I think that it, you get to go in this amazing industry of television and things like that and entertainment, which is a very hard industry to get into. And at the beginning, you know, it was very much just a group of buddies hanging out and, and being paid to do it. So that was quite cool. And I've kind of remained doing it because, firstly, I think loyalty is a big thing. I think that Channel 4 are just great. And I kind of like this world. And people feel like they can just jump ship and do different things quite easy. But actually, it's not that easy just to... If you're, if you're uh, a sort of young, privileged, white, posh person, people kind of don't really sympathize for you and go right here. So you have to, it's kind of your set setting yourself up for kind of a fall already. So I've sort of remained in it because it's just a fun place to be, to be honest. It's a really fun place to be. Do you know, it's nice to hear you say that, Jamie. And when I, I mean, I've been presenting for about 300 years now before tellies were even existed. And I remember the very first thing that the producer said to me, because I thought, I mean, I got a job straight out of uni and I thought, oh my word, I'm, I made it, I'm going to be famous. Not that I was yeah. ever cared about fame, but what was interesting yeah. to me is that, that my producer said, well, actually, no one's really going to recognise you until you've been on telly for at least seven years. And I was like, no, nah, nonsense. I'll be on one show and I'll be able to walk on the high street and everyone's going to want in my picture and all the rest of it. But, mm. you know, you have grown with this show. And, and let's be fair, there are people who were on at the same time as you say, even a couple of years ago who aren't on the show anymore. No yeah. one will remember who they are. Respectfully, no one will know. Your yeah. longevity in the show is, is what's bringing you what I would suggest is this second wave of profile. I don't mean to sort of talk out of turn, but I would suggest oh. that you are being earmarked as the new golden boy for the BBC. You should have been on Strictly if it wasn't for your injury. You've got this new podcast. It feels like big things are en route. I think that in this is how I, if, if we kind of really go into things, I think that in life you have to be really persistent with stuff. And I think that people give up very easy. 
Denzel Washington actually said it so well. And it is so true. And I kind of realized from the very beginning, I realized that I was just a reality star. You know, God, I can't even play like a recorder. I have no talent <laughs> whatsoever. So I wasn't just going to be given the jobs that I thought. I, you know, I went on to television. I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be famous. This is going to be great. I'm going to be in the next James <laughs> Bond movie. <laughs> and obviously, that's just not the case. And you have to be brought down to earth, getting him up at the BAFTAs in front of all these amazing people who have acted their entire lives, who have hustled their entire lives, who have done this, who have done that, who have worked so hard. And then they watch a bunch of 21-year-olds get on stage who have just supposedly lived off their parents' money. And <laughs> they're just literally like, what the hell? So I straight away knew my place. And I think hard work kind of shines above everything. I think if you work hard and you commit to what you want to do, then you kind of reap the rewards at some point. So hopefully it pays off at some point, but who knows? Mate, it, it feels like, you know, I mean, like I say, I've been telling you a very long time and it does feel like, you know, there's a there's a path opening for you that's that's a really interesting and exciting one and I'm looking it's forward so to watching it unfold. Now, let, let me talk to you about pressure, Jamie, because obviously you've just alluded to the fact the common viewer of Made in Chelsea, we look at the, the cast members and we think, well, the thing that binds them in is everybody's got rich parents, right? Mm. But that... I'm guessing, because there's a known thing about you, I think it was your grandfather that created the McVitie's Digestive Biscuit, mm. is that right? Which is amazing. But also, you've had to live with that since you were born. You know, that's, yeah. that's something that's in your family that you're expected to be the heir of and go on achieving that level. I don't think I ever felt pressure to, to replicate what uh, members of my family had done. I don't think I ever had pressure to do that. What I think I did have pressure was, I went to Leeds University, and I remember when I was at Leeds University, I was, I was studying theatre performance, and I just, I just wanted to be a dancer. And I was studying <laughs> theatre performance, and I had a conversation with one of the girls there, it was my first year, and one of the girls came up to me, and she went to a northern state school, and I went to a southern private school. And she said, you went to a private school, I went to a state school, but we're at the same place. What was different about yours? Why was yours better? And I sat there and I couldn't really, I went, well, I don't know. I said, well, why did you pay for yours? And I didn't. I think what happened was, is that coming from sort of a privileged background and understanding these things is that um, I was very lucky enough to go on nice holidays. I lived in a nice house. Food was on the table every single evening. I didn't have to think about it. If we went and drove to wherever, petrol was in the car. Every single time I wanted to go on holiday with my friends, I was able to. I never had to really work, uh, you know, when I was young. I didn't have to have a job in Sainsbury's or the local whatever to earn money. And I think that unconsciously, you suddenly get pressure to do that, that you want to provide that for your family as well, because you want to live the same life that you were able to live. Right. And then when you realize as you get older, that is hard. And it's hard to earn money and it's hard to be financially stable and I think that became a big pressure in my early 20s where I was really concerned about have I taken, because becoming a reality star, you, you didn't make money. And, and then you'd also chosen a route that wasn't typically the right one to choose and all these different things. So I struggled with that. But that gave me the mentality to start my business, Candy Kittens, and do different things because I kind of had that work ethic within me because I was conscious of not being able to do the same things for my future family, hopefully, that I was able to do. I mean, it's really interesting, Jamie, because, you know, you talk from a viewpoint, of course, you know, I, I, I didn't, you've effectively acknowledged your privilege, which I think is very, is very responsible of you. But also, you know, we, I, I don't have that privilege and, you know, I don't know many people that have had that sort of upbringing either. I'm more on the side of the lady that spoke to you at Leeds. What's nice to hear is that you've accepted it 
and you're also sharing that actually it does come with pressure itself and I guess crucially as well Jamie money is definitely not everything what I'm interested to hear is that you're talking about you know you want to provide for a future family etc and I guess what I'm saying to you is that you know the way you provide for that future family is not just having millions of pounds in the bank yes totally it, it's about loving them and being there for them and inspiring them and and you have by the sound of things that work ethic that suggests to me already that you are going to be a responsible and mature human being to a to a child that's exactly it you know um there's that there's an amazing quote by socrates right so socrates spoke of the two levels of happiness again if we go really deep the two levels of happiness the lower level is wealth power fame glory, all these kind of things, that when you achieve it, you don't really understand why you're, you're not that happy. You don't feel a sense of achievement. Mm -hmm. And the higher level is good relationships, love, passion, empathy, all those kind of things. And actually, the higher level is the one that you want to achieve. If you achieve the lower level, you actually don't become, you don't reach pure happiness and you don't reach success. The, if you reach, get the higher one, then you do reach complete success. And it took me, if I'm totally honest, a while to really Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Realize that. And I think that's probably down to myself, surrounding friends and things like that, that I thought that actually what happened is that success was all about making money. And in fact, it's totally not. Money brings you a sense of security and it brings you a sense of freedom. You, you're able to do things if you have some money. So you can go on holidays, you can buy food, you can pay for your kids to go to a theme park, right? You can do things like that. But it actually doesn't bring you happiness. What brings you happiness is actually strong relationships, good relationship with friends, doing something that you absolutely love. So having a purpose every single day. And it took me to half of my 20s to my late to my late 20s to really understand what success really was. And I kind of drum that into people now. And I do these sort of talks and things like that, because we live in this world of Instagram and everyone driving Lamborghinis and the young YouTubers talking about how much money they're making and things like that. And it kind of drives the wrong message that life is about being rich. And it's definitely not about that whatsoever. Well, richness isn't wealth, in my opinion. Rich is love and appreciation and respect totally. and kindness. Jamie, let, let me ask you a question. Because, of course, you know, again, and, and I don't mean this to, to sort of, you step out of the, the bubble of, 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 a, of, a, of a reality show for a moment. You know, it, it seems when you watch the show or, or when you kind of follow people on Instagram or whatever that are members of the cast and so on and so forth, that all people really care about is how many likes they get and how much, you know, people they'll never meet, never run into, never have anything to do with in the real world care. 
how much do you actually care about that? How much do you do a story specifically thinking, oh, I hope everyone likes this and thinks I'm funny? Does, does that really matter? And I'm not judging you if it does matter to no. you, because if it does, fair enough. When Instagram and social media started, it was very addictive because you got immediate validation for whatever you put out. So you would put out a video, you put out a picture, and you would get all these likes. And the likes were a sense of appreciation, a sense of validation that you were doing the right thing. You know, there's lots of arguments to suggest why I even did a reality show in the first place. You know, why would someone go and do that? You know, there has to be some sort of situational thing going on where you probably want to gain some sort of validation. And if I'm totally honest, the reason why... You know, one of the main reasons I wanted to do a reality show at the beginning because I thought it'd be fun to be famous for a bit. I thought yeah. that fame would be amazing. And I thought it would be, oh my God, what? This would be the most amazing thing. And then you realize you get to that mountain and you go, ah, it's not kind of cracked up what it's meant to be. I think that social media is um, a, I think it's a very wonderful thing. I also think it's a very toxic thing. I believe that the problem we have with social media now is that yes, as a creator, I suppose, as creators or as a person with a bit of influence, a person with a following, you definitely have a sense of pressure to constantly upload and put things up there and put things out there in order to get, because you're. I think it's the fear of being forgotten, if right. I'm totally honest. I think that's what the fear is. So you're uploading pictures because you're thinking, if, you, if I don't upload photos and I don't do this and I don't do that, I'm going to be forgotten. Not only that, we're meant to have, as people, a village mentality, right? So we're meant to, if you had a wedding normally back in the day, you would invite 100 to 200 people, or you would, that's what you would do. You would, you would have, you know, 100 to 200 people, and they'd come and experience or whatever it would be. Out of those 100 to 200 people, you would have a USP, a unique selling point. So something that was meant to you, you are either the best dressed, or the funniest, or the best at music, or the best at going to the gym, or the best mother, or the best father. So you had something that you recognized as you. They would go, Jamie, you're the great, great baker, whatever it was. The problem with social media now is that you have access to millions and millions of people and you're not the best baker or the best actor, or the best musician or the best things. So you'll wake up every day and comparing yourself to other people who are better than you. Right. And so you then feel that you've lost your unique sense of purpose and your unique selling point. So there you feel inadequate to all these different people. And I think that's the problem that you, we are constantly comparing ourselves to other people when we shouldn't be doing that at all. We should be living our own lives and trying to be going on our own journey and reaching our own sort of success. And that's my issue with it, that I think everyone, unfortunately, not everyone, but I'd say a huge majority of people are comparing themselves to one another. And the reason why I post, going back to your original question, is because I feel like if I don't, then I'm probably not doing the same amount as other people, therefore I'm behind in the line. And I think that's the issue where it comes from. I don't mean this to sound unkind, but there's, there is more depth to you than there appears on the show. Um, yeah. Not suggesting that you don't come across as lovely on the show, <laughs> you do, but you don't come across necessarily as this uh, a deeper thinker. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 it's really refreshing to have some face time with you and, and it, what a privilege for me. It seems like I say from the outside looking in that it's fun being Jamie Lang, that every day's a party, but that's, that clearly isn't the case. No, it's definitely not. I'm a huge optimistic person. I, you know, I love life. I think life is amazing. But it comes with its stresses and strains and all these different things. And, you know, if you do a reality TV show for 10 years, it does weigh in on sometimes on yourself in terms of 19, 20, 21 years old. I was this young, hyperactive, full of energy guy, and I still am. But when you join a television show, you almost sort of take on some sort of a persona in a weird kind of way. Right. You are yourself, but it's a heightened version. And I think for me, what happened was, is that, you know, in life, you should have times where you have your normal life and then you have your work life and then you have your normal life. 
for me, it was just everything. Made in Chelsea is your life. So work and life mixed together. So I had an issue, you know, for a few years where I thought I had to be, hey, 100% all the time. And if I wasn't 100% all the time, then it wasn't going to work. I thought if I wasn't getting up at six in the morning and going to the gym and then, you know, doing this and this and this and, oh, hey, how you doing? And making everyone laugh and all this all the time, that I wasn't being the best version of myself. And so what you then had to do is you had to sort of learn that. There's a great conversation going on now all about mental health. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And, you know, the, you know, if we, you know, the biggest killer for males under 45 is still suicide in the UK, which is a crazy statistic, right? right. So I think it's important for guys to sort of open up about the way they sort of handle stuff. And I think for men in their 20s, they kind of grow up and you kind of, you start to know yourself at the beginning of your 30s, I really think. I think your 20s, you just don't know what the hell's going on. You're suddenly just going, well, what's happening here? And then your 30s, you start to sort of cool down. And for me, I'm very lucky. I have a very privileged life and I love what I do, but it comes with its stresses and its strains and its worries and all of these different things, like with everyone. And I think that's what you realize. Is that I did a TV show once for the BBC, which was called uh, Famous Rich and Hungry. And I did it when I was much younger. Yeah, great title. And I lived with two different families, one in Croydon and one in Sheffield, who lived off benefits. They lived off pound fifty a day for food. I mean, it was just intense. But what it made me realize is actually that every, human beings were all exactly the same. We are totally exactly the same. We have all of the same sort of problems in a sense, but they're just different, different, you know, different intensities. So someone have different things or whatever it is. And that was a huge eye-opener for me because I started to realize that not every everyone's not different people are dealt different cards and people have different lucks and different situationals and things like that and some people are incredibly unfortunate and some people are incredibly fortunate but i think for me i have a wonderful life but there are sometimes some stresses you know running a business is very stressful having relationships on camera it can be very stressful um you know doing all those things being in the entertainment world as you know Andy, it, it's really quite stressful so life is just a little now i understand why peter pan wanted to stay young forever yeah it was just such a wonderful experience there was no pressure and as you get older the pressure comes on but that's what life is about and you handle it the way you handle it the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital you dream it we bring it to life Find out more at drivenchat.com. Welcome back, pod pickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just listened to Jamie Lang there. He's actually quite a nice gent, wasn't he? He's lovely. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. But before that, we had John was on this almighty rant. I've never heard him like this before in my life. So I, I don't want to give this opportunity up. So I think we should carry on listening to, to John and see how angry we can make him. The Marco man. <laughs> How grumpy can I be? I, feel, I do feel a tad sorry that I've gone from a very uplifting, quite pleasant chat to immediately moaning again. That's, that's why we're playing the funky music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. We'll wait for that to die and then I'll go, right, Vauxhall Marcus. I've stopped it. You're done. <laughs> so, yeah, before we, uh, before we listen to the upbeat chat, I gave nothing away other than... People that act to actually choose to buy a Vauxhall Mocha. Does anyone know why or what I might be talking about? No. Really? Sorry. Not at all. 
No. Have you ever driven one? No. It, should I? Should I? Should, no. Are you saying that I should? Now? No. This is. I think this is a, an advert. So yes, we should all drive Vauxhall Markets. Is that right, Mark? That's 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 <laughs> what I'm taking home from this as well. <laughs> yeah. Hang on. Wait. Are we sponsored by Vauxhall Markets? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we are, we're about to lose the contract, <laughs> and I'll tell you for why. So I, I don't often drive. And reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to say, I don't often drive reasonably valued, valued cars. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I don't often find myself I in... just had a, uh, a very interesting confessional moment from John Marco there, which actually has made me reappraise everything that he's said so far in the last four shows. I, well, look, I don't actually drive. No. So, so I, you could have shared with us, you know, at least three weeks ago, John. I don't get any pleasure from driving... What there we go. I, I, would class. I mean, what's going on with all these I'm, chats, John? I'm going to start again. <laughs> I don't get any pleasure from driving what you would class as an ordinary car, what me and my mates call white goods. So your dishwashers, your microwaves, your fridge freezers that you'd see on the road. I understand there's a necessity for cars and for a lot of people, they Such just need to get, a, get from A to B. They don't have a particular interest in cars. And if you don't have a particular interest in cars, but you need to get from A to B, chances are you're going to buy a Vauxhall Mocha. So to me, it screams out, I don't know anything or have any interest in cars whatsoever. I drove one once because, and there was a good reason for this, it was at a time where trains had been cancelled. I needed to go from one big city in the UK to another big city in the UK. All the trains were cancelled. A flight was expensive, so I figured out you could hire a car from Europe Car or one of the other car hire companies for a few quid to get me back to London where I needed to be. And the, the car of choice was a Vauxhall Mocha. And it was the most miserable two hours of my life. And it just it, it makes me wonder why these cars exist. It's, it was as if they'd made it as boring as possible to drive with the sloppiest gearbox, the worst handling. It's not a particularly nice place to be. And it's just confusing. And I looked up yesterday as I was driving up the M1 to Doncaster, the price of a Vauxhall Mocha. And they're not even that cheap. There's a new one coming out next year. Get this. It's £31,665 for a car that is as exciting as a dishwasher. <laughs> so um, do you remember at the start of this podcast, this, uh, this episode, you know, many hours ago, <laughs> you know, before, before we wound John up, do you remember we referred to the fact that John had written a script? Well, quirky, Amy and I didn't get it, but you've just heard Mark are reading some of this aforementioned script. I promise you, I've, I, all I've written down on my bit of paper here is some scribbles of numbers. Or underneath the £31,665, I've written that you can get an E-Pace, a Jaguar, a Jag E-Pace, for £31,000, that's 600 quid less, or a BMW X1 for 20, 28 grand. Who's choosing to buy a Vauxhall Mocha? What's wrong with you? John's also highlighting the joys of rental car bingo. Have you ever well, done that? Yes, yeah. actually, yes, yes. And and I ended up in a Cinquecento once. Or I'd rather say that. I'd rather How that. do you say that? I don't know how yeah, you, you said it. it right. Just yeah. say five, yeah, right. 500. Yeah. Cinquecento is 500. I love that. I love going and then you 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 meet that attendant and then they go, <laughs> we haven't got the car that you've booked. <laughs> yeah. yeah and you, but, but there's would that you... moment of pause, isn't there, where you go, oh, hang on, I'm going to get something yeah. really great. <laughs> you're like, upgrade. This, this is cool. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're in yes. 35 degrees. This one doesn't have air conditioning, but you're going to be okay. <laughs> I'll take it. No, I, I love rental cars. So maybe they maybe are. you need to drive the Mocha through the lens of rental cars. No, I tried, honestly, because I'm with you on the, the fastest car in the world is a rental car. I absolutely agree with you. It's impossible in a Mocha. 
utter die. I I wince every time I see them. Have Let's you, move on. Have you ever been uh, banned from a rental car company? Oh, that's a good question. Have you? Yeah, I feel like there's a story here. Yeah. I haven't. No. Quirky? No. no. Amy? What do you need to do to get banned? <laughs> so, from a uh, so back to your list, John. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Um, so, are you still banned? I just right. I'll just I'll just give you a, I'll just give you some brush strokes, okay? Because I, I may get someone in trouble here. It's not me that got banned, but uh-huh. I was I was there when they were banned. Love it. I was with a race driver. Uh, this time last year, we were covering British GT racing at Spa, which is my favourite racetrack in the world, incidentally. Um, and we were the uh, we were the TV crew, so I, I was hosting it, and he was one of the commentary team. And we drove from um, from the Eurostar in Belgium to the racetrack in a in a car that he had rented and then we drove back the next day and he decided for reasons known only to himself <laughs> that it would be entertaining when returning the car bearing in mind he's one of the best drivers i know i mean he's an amazing <laughs> race driver he's a, he's won a lot of stuff he's very very cool and i like him a lot i won't mention his name but um he decided it would be quite funny to do donuts in the car park in front of the car park. Oh, <laughs> I like him a lot. To, to perfectly park about three inches from the car parking attendant's feet. <laughs> and he J-turned a donut into the car parking attendant and stopped perfectly. But he did J-turn. And the tyres went everywhere. <laughs> and the screeches and the, all kinds of things. And then this guy basically started laying into him. In, uh, in all sorts of verbals. Oh, dear. And by the time we had gone upstairs to return the keys, Joe had been, oh, I've just given his first name away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, he, I'm thinking He now. had been notified by email that he was no longer allowed to, uh, to, 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 to book with this company. I hope he's again. framed that on the wall somewhere. And he was being charged a massive excess for damage. Oh, bad. Now, there was nothing wrong with this car. We had checked it over. But he was being sent photos of apparent damage, dents and scrapes and scratches and whatnot. It was spotless when he turned it back. <laughs> and we ju- we were just like, I, I don't want to kind of, you know, get anyone in trouble. But the pair of us were like, is this real? Or has, you know, has this attendant just really? basically kicked the heck out of this car? Because <laughs> he's so cross with you. So, yeah, so don't do that, guys. You know, don't just don't do that. Don't do it. Unless you can afford to. Um, then in, by all means, grab every Vauxhall knocker rental car he you did can. Inst- he did instantly contest. I'll tell you what, I will get him on the podcast at some point. I'd like In that. the near future. And I'll get story. him to tell this story so that we could find out the outcome of whether he's still banned and how much he had to pay. <laughs> that could be an interesting discussion, though, of what's the worst amount of trouble that you've been in, in a car or on the road with some, you know, authority. Because uh, I've got a few few stories as well right we'll Ooh. make it we'll, we'll compile a list for next week <laughs> what, I'm, what i'm learning right is that amy is not as innocent as she looks <laughs> like amy genuinely like if you were to look up butter wouldn't melt it's true actually. in the dictionary right, right. there's a photograph of amy right? yeah. she look you, you look like an angel amy. Oh, you, know, you just look like you'd never <laughs> swear you you would help an old lady with knitting i don't know if that's the sort of thing an angel does <laughs> help an know. old lady with knitting <laughs> i hold one of the needles do you not know <laughs> <laughs> Can I darn your socks, dear? You know, but actually, Amy's kind of like driving offences, eh? Well, <laughs> have you seen my tattoos? <laughs> I will tell you about the time. I won't tell you now, but I'll tell you about the time where I had to fly out a nylon stranger to the middle of Germany to drive um, drive to, us to Denmark and back home again um, because we got banned—not banned, stopped from driving. But 
It's a, it's a story. I'm going so. with banned. You were banned. She <laughs> was, was definitely banned. I did. Like got, I had to. I had. I did. This is a little bit of a, a confession. I had to lie about my incomes because they. I knew they were trying. To, I've done that. They had. To, they were saying. Uh, you know. How, you know. What. What do you. What do you earn? And I was like, oh. I'm a, a very poor and not very successful photographer, and so not very much. And so then they charge uh, they charge me a, a, a fine on my income, which was uh, 500 euros um, for driving. It was driving without a license, but I will go oh. into that a little bit more. Do <laughs> save that story because yeah. I have a very similar story where I had to do that same equation of earnings Did to you? fine. <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. Oh, It'll be good. Neat. This is good. The kids are in trouble. I'm in. Yeah, I know. I need to. We need to get back to the list because yes. I can Quirky, feel the I mean, grumpiness Quirky is disappearing. Quirky and I are basically the mum and dad of this group. Aren't we? we are absolutely. <laughs> you are just the kind angels. of frowning on the children, yeah. kind of going, oh, "What? Are, what have they done now? <laughs> what now?" Oh dear. So right. So we are returning to John's list of crimes against the automotive world. <laughs> Crimes against the automotive world. Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah, the next one, I'll zip through the next two because they're fairly uh, self-explanatory. The anti-cruise control brigade. If you've got a new car with cruise control and you're driving on a motorway, for goodness sake, turn it on. There is nothing worse than being followed or following a car that can't decide whether he wants to do 65 miles an hour, 70, 81 or whatever. It depends if you're trying to overtake them though, John. Well, of course it does. People get a little bit Just peeved. Just pick a speed and stick to it. Well, no, I disagree with that because... What? In those, the four, I was saying earlier, the 40 mile an hour folk, the ones that, if you're going through a village that's meant to be 30 mile an hour, they'll be at 40 miles an hour. You get out of the village where it'll go up to 60, they'll still stick at 40 mm. on those country roads. So no, don't... Well, don't they're doing it wrong. Speed. So cruise control is designed for the motorway. Use it on the motorway. If you can't stick to speed limits anywhere else... Park the car and stop driving. <laughs> right, the next one is privacy, gra- privacy glass on every window. And I'm sure I can't be the only person that's annoyed by this. When you, you, mean, s- you mean including the driver and passenger? Yeah, and windscreen is a new oh, thing. Really? People tinting windscreens. That's, that's not allowed, is it? it, no, it no, of course it's not allowed. <laughs> it's absolutely not allowed for two reasons. Firstly, you can't see. And secondly, it looks ridiculous. It looks so stupid. I... I yeah, I don't get it, but it's a real thing. In the part of the West Midlands where I live, it is a very much a craze at the moment to tint every window, including the windscreen. And I, I can't work out who on earth is thinking, oh, I'm really glad I've done that. That's- it's also a, like a slam dunk if you get pulled over. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's so but I love easy one. But have you seen what the... So if you get pulled over by the traffic cops that have got the meter to test it, to test the, the tint, they give you the opportunity to get out of the fine, but the compromise is you have to peel it off yourself. So they park you by the side of the road and you're there picking away at your tinted windows with everyone else driving past with a little smirky smile, that's me, going past thinking, good. I, th- I actually think I'd quite find that quite rewarding. Yeah, <laughs> probably not if you just fine. spent five hundred quid tinting your windscreen. Well, then I deserve it. But you know, <laughs> but, you know the, I mean, I, I like peeling off the, the, the on a new. Phone, That's true, actually. You mm. know, the, the, the thing off the glass on the new. Phone. A special place on the internet just for for those things for you if you wanted to find them. Is there? Mm-hmm. I don't. Is that is that ASMR? Is that cl- class as ASMR? I don't know. Like where you get I'm, that I'm not tingly. a perv about it. I'm just saying <laughs> no, I like doing no, it. Well, nothing. With no judgment. I'm going to take it off. No you know, judgment. You know, no judgment. No judgment. As simple as that. Take, all right. So I take one off. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, no, I mean, but like, yeah, no, peeling off the, the, the tint that shouldn't be there off your windscreen, that's, that doesn't sound that, that much of a punishment. No, true. We should just go do it. Whenever we spot these windscreens, peel it off for them. Just go peel it off for them. That's a good idea. We could offer a public service. That's a really good idea. And then we should, and then we should put what we've taken off on Markar's car. Get away! (laughs) Get away! See how many layers we can slap on him before he gets stopped. 
can leave my car alone. And speaking of leaving things alone, my next my next item on my list. People that don't understand the importance of leaving lights alone. Does anyone hazard a guess as to what on earth I'm talking about here? Oh, no, I have to say I'm a bit bit stuck because is it, I don't know, maybe your your headlights, they, they should be on when people are driving on the nope. motorway and it's raining. Simpler it's than not. that. We're going aftermarket, John. We are going aftermarket. Oh, wow. There are some unwritten rules, laws, we should say, when it comes to modifying cars. It's fine to modify your car. That's absolutely fine. You want to change the wheels, change the wheels, as long as they're not newer than the car, the model of the car. Do not change your front or rear lights. And this includes fitting LEDs where LEDs were not fitted at the factory. It's a crime. It looks terrible. I might have been guilty of this in my youth. (laughs) Remember the term Lexus lights that people used to put Lexus lights on the back of their Vauxhall Astras? Hang on. Are we talking also about the UV light that goes underneath the car? Oh, oh, God, I mean, nobody's done that still. since the, the 1980s, surely. The Andy. <laughs> I can almost accept yeah, that. Yeah. That's almost okay, because it's so out of the box. Well, but, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit Aston Martin... Um, no, not Aston Martin, sorry, Mercedes uh, Avatar Vision, isn't it? You know, Did that, they do that? Did they have they, an underlight... They had a load of UV lights going on, didn't oh, they? I thought you were going to quote like Fast and Furious I with a, an R34 skyline. <laughs> Paul Walker got out and he had like little blue strip lights underneath. But that, that was my inspiration know, on my 1.2 Clio. <laughs> did you do uh, it? Did you have neons on your Clio? I didn't have neons, but I did have LED lights. Oh. I did. I, I, the Lexus light, were they Lexus lights or were they just LED light bulbs? Uh, no, no, there was a f- the full light a cluster that I bought and dear, replaced. Yeah, I, I swapped them out. Listen, Max Power was a thing when I was Oh, I'm up. well aware. I, two very good friends of mine used to write for Max Power magazine. It doesn't make it acceptable. Lexus lights didn't ever look good on a Lexus, so why on earth are they going to look good on your Vauxhall Astra? Leave your lights alone. Renault Clio, John. Oh, Come he, on. He really is in the mood today. I think I can lighten the mood for a little bit. I have a visual <laughs> thing to show you. Okay. Um, because I saw this in a car park yesterday, and you guys are probably going to hate it, but I oh. loved it. Andy is showing us a photo of an air freshener. Is that Kanye West's head as an air freshener? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I wonder what the smell is. <laughs> Money. Presidential. It's, a, it's a, cartoon, a cartoon version of Kanye West's head. Kanye West's head. That's a difficult thing to say as an air freshener. It is. I think I'd refer it as like one of those bobble heads. You know, the ones oh, that used to have the, the, the yeah. nodding dogs. But a nodding Kanye. Kanye Sorry, I, I don't mind that. I it's loved fine. it. Are we, are we getting any driven chat uh, air fresheners to oh, yeah. sort of compliment the pine trees of, of the world? That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. we should. I had a text message about this earlier in the week. Did Maybe. you? Maybe. <laughs> really? Can we pick the smell? Well, I, I asked Quirky this question earlier and he didn't answer me. Burps or farts? <laughs> I said, oh, you did say farts. I, said, farts. I, I wonder why I was asking. <laughs> Can you imagine an air freshener smells of farts? There was one, you can get one that smells of bacon. That's a real thing. Steve Bruce, how's the bacon, you say? That's a football (laughs) thing. You won't get it, John. Okay, so moving on. Uh, Just on that, I think I might throw in then things that I don't think should be allowed. Bubble uh, bubble gum smelling car fresheners. I think they're probably the worst things that's ever been created. I don't understand why you'd want your car to smell of anything other than a car. Because a car smells quite nice. A new car smell is a lovely smell. All right there, money bags. <laughs> I've never bought I'd, a new I'd car. love to retain new car smell though. Yeah, you know yeah. it doesn't last, John, don't you? I mean, I know you swap cars pretty much every other day, but hang on, this car, the perfume is not quite right. Let's buy another one. It's time to buy a new car. In the bin. It's four miles on the odometer. We must change it. Now, conveniently speaking about 
buying new cars, yep. the next item on my list is what I call the no imagination pack when specking a car. And admittedly, I've stolen this again from my friend Dan that I went to pick up the Jag with yesterday because he, as a profession, sells brand new cars. And he comes up with this, he came up with this term, the no imagination pack, which is where somebody walks into a showroom and says, oh yes, I'll have the three series in silver, please, uh, with the uh, black cloth interior and the white headlining and and you've got the opportunity to walk into a showroom and pick a car in any color you like what's your favorite color blue great get a blue car mm. why yeah you know, i get that people buy cars and put them in certain colors because the residual value is going to be better it's going to be easier to sell a silver car it's so boring <laughs> use your personality use your imagination go and buy a car that you actually want to drive not one that you're already thinking about getting rid of in so years time. i'm gonna contest this one Uh-oh. right we've let everything go on this list so far. <laughs> we've basically just been in agreement and you, okay john you got your you make good points this, this one is not cool okay? okay because i think people just let them buy what they want if they want something that you know it might be they've chosen something because they don't as we talked about this earlier they don't want it to be attacked in a car park they want to think this isn't going to stand out. It's not going to get robbed. It's not going to get smashed. It's not, you know, they just want to, to blend in. Fair point. There's plenty of people out there that will just, just go, do you know what? I want to play it safe because that's that. Because you know? I'm boring. Not, nothing to do with boring. <laughs> nothing to do with boring. They, ha- they might have the greatest soundtrack going. They might be listening to the Driven Chat podcast as they cruise along. They're our people, John. Don't worry if they haven't got super kind of rainbow exteriors <laughs> and Recaro seats and, you know hemp steering wheels that's <laughs> they don't need those if they're enjoying their drive the color scheme doesn't have to matter okay all right i'll put but a little th- there are there are some moments when silver actually looks really good as well i'm saying this because i've got well, a silver, <laughs> silver <laughs> audi a2 sat outside hey no your car john quirk's audi a2 in silver is a cool car if it was brown or green it'd be cooler oh brown but cars. it is cool yeah. it is cool yeah well, to make you feel better we should do a list of things that you love as well oh in, yeah in another series. i can think of at least three things yeah exactly yeah. See? So that's gonna be a good day I, I do acknowledge that specking up a car if if you're gonna have the car for a long time specking up a car in a nice imaginative way is a great plan yeah but a lot of people have cars on a, on a deal you know they have cars that are no know they need to sell in two to three years time sometimes you have to play it safe that's uh. a, and that's okay if you've bought a car because it's great to drive because you're enjoying driving it then you're still our people that's what okay. i'm saying I, d- right. I don't think that's allowed on the on the crimes i don't think it's a criminal <laughs> offense so we need a sub list i think i think to own a silver car with a bland interior is not a criminal offense okay not it's you can't compare it with with parking in disabled space. Oh, yeah, no. no fair. Or, or putting fair a dodgy badge right. on a car, I, or messing with lights. Fair uh, enough. Having a silver, you know, color scheme. Nah, come on. All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, well, here's one that we can all agree on. The next one: people that remap their cars to make them fart when they change gear. Do you all oh. know what I'm referring to here? Yes. Like, when they they put a little on. bit of fuel. Oh. Unburnt fuel into yes. the exhaust system, so it, it creates a combustion effect, yeah. and it goes. And that's exactly what it what it's doing. Or, mm. or the worst case scenario is there was a, a very common story of people buying Ford Fiesta STs, and you could do a remap on the engine. For anyone that doesn't know what that means, it's basically where you tell the computer in the car that controls when the fuel gets injected and everything else to do it slightly differently. So what they were doing in Ford Fiestas, for example, was turning off the fueling in one of the cylinders, or turning off the spark. Sorry, so the fuel would go into the exhaust pipe and create that pop and crackle. Mm. 
and that's the sound of the fuel igniting in the exhaust pipe because it supposedly sounds like a racing car. Let me assure you now, there is no racing car in the world that sounds like your remapped Ford Fiesta. <laughs> Put it back to stock, leave it alone. All you're doing is annoying everyone, especially me. And, <laughs> and scaring the squirrels. Yeah. Yeah, very true. But that, sound, that upshift... Who wants that? It sounds ridiculous. Your car's farting. Stop. Stop it. It's true. No, he's, he's, I mean, that's allowed. Yeah. I, will, I definitely allow that. And I, I felt I had to challenge one, John. No, I that's d- good. I didn't know we could just let you get away with everything. Yeah, I was, you know? and, I, I, and I think I'm I still I'm reviewing your list again. I'm confident with my caravans as well. I might have to question a little bit. You know, I, I don't want to I don't want to upset the caravanning community either. I'm I've got friends that, that live in caravans and I'm and I love them. You're heading towards the age, Andy, aren't you? I mean, I, I've, this is the second time today that Amy has referred to me as old. One of them's on air. The other one really hurt. <laughs> and it's going to keep me up tonight. So the, uh, the 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 next one, John. The next one is the anti air conditioning crowd. This one blows my mind, and I, I I tend to find it's more prominent in the minicab driving community. Why on earth, when you've got a brand new car, is there any excuse to drive along and rub the windows with your hands because they're full of condensation? There's this wonderful invention called air conditioning that removes that requirement for you. And I've heard all sorts of excuses in the past. Believe me, I've had these conversations with taxi drivers and minicab drivers, and it's always something to do with it saves fuel. But it looks utterly ridiculous. You see it all the time. It's like your car's driving down a high street, and it's as if there's a sauna in the back or somebody's just boiled a kettle. I can't work (laughs) out for the life of me why people haven't realised if you just put the air conditioning on the problem goes away have they not specced air conditioning are they are they saving weight yeah but even then there, just crack the window, window a bit open the, the window it's gonna clear it i just am i alone here i'm um i'm gonna add another one onto the list yes because i've just had a flashback to something that happened and you describing that has made me think of it right now you may all disagree with this but i'm going down the alleyway on my own and i hope you'll join me go on people who at the traffic lights excessively vape oh and yeah then they exhale yeah. so much they simply cannot see the lights or indeed anything <laughs> out of their windscreens right this is absolutely true i on my motorcycle once upon a time was filtering through traffic got to the front and this exactly what you've described had happened somebody at the front of the queue had clearly inhaled five cubic litres of vape, whatever it is, cooking oil or whatever you put in those horrible things, expelled it. And I genuinely, for a split second, thought, oh, my God, that car's on fire. I genuinely, I, gen- <laughs> I was ready. I was ready to get off the bike, get the person out of the car, like, oh, my God, it's it going to be... No, a- you're right. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not knocking people who vape. That's your choice, whatever you want to do. Am. But but what I'm knocking is people who vape and keep the, the fumes inside in the to the point where they can't see... <laughs> Out the window. And also... You're driving a car. That is as bad as looking at your phone whilst driving. It is as bad as, hey, guess what? Closing your eyes and driving, because that is what you're doing. You cannot see in front of you. You have just vaped in front of your face so much vapey, smoky, whatever the yuck, that you can't see. It isn't safe. Open the window, even if it's cold, and vape out that. I love it. I've converted you. <laughs> I've converted you to grump. John has passed the bat on. I was in quite a chilled out mode, and then Amy called me older twice. And, you know, and now she's not coming caravanning with me, and you know, I'm going to have to take up vaping. It's a good point, though. You're absolutely right. And also, don't vape. Just smoke. It's cooler. Or, or, or don't do it. <laughs> and, you know, prolong your life uh, if, if you want to. 
If you want to, <laughs> do what you like. Just don't vape. What are syndicators? Syndicators. Yeah. That's my next one. So syndicators, nice and simple, is people that either use them incorrectly or don't use them at all. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. That's I a got great stuck one. behind a Audi driver. Oh, I thought you were going to say BMW because there's no. a, there's a good comparison of who's worse, Audi or BMW. It was an Audi Q something or other. You know, ah, yes. one of the big ones who just thought he was big enough to do his road positioning was sufficient. And it was just like, no, you're really just an irritating so-and-so. Was it, was it the worst offender, which in my opinion is when you're at a filter junction and you're, you've got the opportunity to go right yes, or straight yes, and yes. the car in front of you is not indicating, so you think, right, he's going straight, so am I, perfect. And then he indicates as the light goes green. Didn't, this guy, but this oh. guy didn't even indicate. This guy didn't even indicate, just turned the way he clearly wasn't planning to turn. Wow. With no indication. Yeah. And you're just like, you, you, yeah. how hard is it? How much energy does it take to flick that little cling? That goes, lit, plop, it, plop, it's plop. almost as if they, they've been designed to be within reach, so you don't even have to take your hand off the wheel. You just stretch your finger, knock it where you want to go. I don't get it. Why is it such a task? And the last one for our podcast for today. <laughs> yeah. For those of you that are still with us, <laughs> 17 hours later, the longest pod we've ever recorded. Angry and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to finish on a high somehow. <laughs> However, before we get to the high, which is going to come from Amy telling me I look young, uh, th- th- before we get to the high, we are we are going with John's final point in his uh, Crimes Against the Automotive World Part 1, well, really Part 2, because we had a break, didn't we? Which I have to say I'm already yes-ing to. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, this is definitely allowed, John. Fire away. Right, this one, simple term, manufacturers hiding their prices on their websites. So, you look, so you've heard of the new car that's coming out. You've heard about the new Vauxhall Mocker and you love the old Vauxhall Mocker so much that you want to get on the Vauxhall website and look at the price for the new Vauxhall Mocker. Can you do it? No. I challenge you now. Go on the Vauxhall website right now and try and find on the Vauxhall Mocker page how much that car's going to cost you. You won't. You have to go back to Google. You have to put the, the search term into Google, throw in the word price and go and find a reputable car review company's website that does tell you the price. If a if whatcar.com can tell you how much the Vauxhall Mocker is, why can't Vauxhall tell me? So if you're wondering why John's been in a bit of a grump today, um, we set him the task earlier this week of finding out the price of a Vauxhall Mocker, which <laughs> he, he unfortunately couldn't do on the website. And he's driven here in a Vauxhall Mocker that he had to oh, purchase God. because the only way he could find out the price was by actually buying it. Thankfully, it didn't make a great dent in his savings. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't smell that new anymore, so it's going back tomorrow and with a couple of tinted windows. <laughs> that genuinely would give me nightmares, the idea of having to drive a Vauxhall. You know, remember the old Top Gear challenges where if you're, if one of the star cars failed, there'll be one following. For me, it will always be a Vauxhall mocker. And, I'm, and it, I am, I'm going to throw a disclaimer out because I'm feeling almost nice. If you have bought a Vauxhall Mocker, I, I'm sorry that you have. Um, you've got the opportunity after you get rid of this car somehow, whether that's by fire or lake, to buy something else. I'm sorry if you have bought one and if I've upset you a little bit. They're just rubbish. So um, John's, uh, John's point about manufacturers' websites hiding prices I think is entirely valid one. I would add a little extra to that as well, which is that if you buy a car through a dealer and you've agreed the price and maybe you've done your haggling, some dealers will haggle, some dealers won't at all. It does irk me this, which is that you, let's say you agree your price of £20,000 for simple maths, right? Mm-hmm. £20,000 and you go there, you go to pay the deposit as you do when you buy a new car. And you go there and you, you look at the paperwork and for some reason... The paperwork doesn't say £20,000. It says 
e.g. £20,750. Uh-huh. And you say, sorry, we, we've just had this chat. You know, we've had the whole embarrassing, I walk away and I'm not comfortable and you throw in some new alloys or whatever it might be, or, you know, you knock off a grand or something or whatever, whatever you would, you, what have you done? We've settled on tw- 20 grand. We've had that horrible bit. We've had the embarrassing stuff. It's fine. Where's the 754? Oh, you know, that's our, that's our charge. Make that part of the price. <laughs> that's absolutely make that part valid. of the thing that I have just oh. haggled on. Be upfront. Yep. Don't make me feel like I've got a deal and then add everything that I've just knocked off it on as some kind of spurious additional charge. That should be part of it. But you're oh. you're absolutely right. And the amount of times I you know look at, I, I enjoy looking at uh, motorbikes on classified adverts, and there are lots of dealers that specialise in. The, the very particular types of bikes that I like. And they always have. Here's the price. It'll be 6995 or whatever it is for this used bike. And then it'll be plus £99 admin fee. No. <laughs> no. Like, Just no. No. In, as you say, Andy, incorporate it into the price. Yeah. Don't make it less appealing by going, owe more money. It's bizarre. Yes. So um, that's been the Driven Chat <laughs> podcast for this week. Uh, the, uh, the podcast companion to Driven, the radio show that you can hear every Saturday at four o'clock on Talk Radio and every Sunday at seven o'clock on Talk Radio. Mostly on the radio show, we have celebrity chat and a bit more, um, a bit more. I don't want to say the word banter because I don't really feel we have banter. We have flowing conversation Yeah. Um, on there, which is less car So those of you that have stayed with us to this point in the show, we, we kind of really do appreciate you. You, you, you really are lovely people. We, <laughs> we thank you for being part of us and for humouring us. We hope we have brought a little bit of uh, light and laughter into your day. We hope John Markar's rants have entertained rather than <laughs> irked. And we'd love to hear your uh, crimes against the automotive space. You know, we'd really love, genuinely would love to hear from you and we will include uh, comments and suggestions and feedback, etc., in some capacity and sometime in the future, we promise. You can get in touch with us at Driven Chat on Twitter, on Instagram, drivenchat.com, and also, where else? We've got a YouTube channel and a Facebook page. That's, you've nailed it. YouTube and Facebook, absolutely. There you go. Um, we're, I think we're going to have a bit of a special guest for you next week, and possibly even for the next couple of weeks, because I'm not going to say any names, but somebody might be, uh, well, John. Oh, thanks, Amy. <laughs> so find out, uh, find out the celebrity in the chair next week. Next Love week. You, really. <laughs> we'll see you again. It's been me, Andy J, the old guy, John Quirk, John Marker, and Amy Shaw. Thanks for your company today, and uh, we'll catch you again in the very near future. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end and it's john markar here again reminding you that this podcast the driven chat podcast has now run its course and has come to an end to find the new format search the driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps thanks bye